Girlfriends, episode number 143, Making Bible Study Doable with Sonia Corbett. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, I'm sharing an inspiring conversation I had recently with Sonia Corbett, a wonderful woman also known as the Bible Study Evangelista. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. You know I always like to connect with you here. Before we get started and I share this week's interview, I just want to update you and share with you that my book is still available for pre-order from Ascension. So my newest book, You Are Enough, What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth, is still, for a limited time though, still available for pre-order and still available for that special offer that I told you about last week. So the special offer is only for pre-order. So really, I mean, we're talking about like a week left by the time you're listening to this podcast. So you're going to want to get on this. Follow the link in the show notes. Look for the link in all of my social media. Look for the link at daniellebean.com. I promise the link's going to be all over the place for your pre-order. But there's a special offer only if you pre-order the book. So you're going to want to do that. And the special offer is you get a free copy of the companion journal. And the companion journal goes along the themes of the book. It's very much parallel to the content of the book, chapter by chapter, with um, some suggestions for reflection, some suggestions for discussion questions. And I designed it to be a very flexible resource for you that you can use for your own journaling as you go through the book, or you might want to use it in a group setting maybe just with a friend that you're meeting or with your women's group at your parish or with a group that you would get together exactly for this purpose of reading the book. So you'll want to pre-order so that you can get that resource. The only way to get it and you get it for free is to pre-order. And like I said, the pre-order is going to be going away in like a week when the book actually starts shipping. So then just orders will be available and that offer will no longer be available. So you're going to want to pre-order your copy today of You Are Enough to get that special deal, the downloadable uh, free copy of the companion journal. So That's the first part, but I want to remind you also that as a listener of the Girlfriends Podcast, this is exclusively available to you. You can use the discount code at ascensionpress.com. Use the the promo code GIRLFRIENDS and you get a discount of 10% off your order of You Are Enough. And that's still good even after the pre-orders are done. So if you're listening to this later, know that you can still get that 10% discount for being a listener of Girlfriends. And I'm so happy to be able to offer you that. So pretty excited, pretty busy times here as I'm uh, promoting this book as it's launching. But I'm so excited to be able to finally be sharing with this because it's something I've been working on, something close to my heart, something I've been excited about kind of behind the scenes for a while now. So being able to bring it to you in this way is such a joy for me. I'm filled with energy and so excited about it this week. So get that pre-order in. You've only got about a week left and make sure you use that discount code ordering from ascensionpress.com. Use that discount code girlfriends. You'll get 10% off. 
And also as a listener of Girlfriends, you get exclusive access to a little taste of the content of You Are Enough. I've gotten permission to share with you here the introduction to my book. And um, the introduction is just that, an introduction. So I think it's a great way to kind of give you a feel for what the content of the book is like. So I'm going to go ahead and read that here before I share the interview with you. So this is the introduction to You Are Enough, What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth. I'll just come out and say it. The Old Testament is pretty weird. For me, anyway, reading the New Testament, the stories of Jesus's life, the places he went, and the words he spoke is a much more accessible source of inspiration. When I wrote my last book, You're Worth It, which focused on Jesus's real-life interactions with real women in the New Testament, I found many ancient women I could readily relate to. Their stories of struggle, hard work, and faith in the face of great difficulty are moving, relatable, and encouraging. Thinking of these women standing in the presence of Jesus, God made man, our loving teacher and all-giving Savior, was a deeply moving exercise. But women of the Old Testament? Women who lived long before Jesus in times and places where things like polygamy and incest were common? Where people cut off each other's heads and worshipped golden calves and slayed giants and sold siblings into slavery? Who exactly were these women? And what relevance could their stories possibly have for us today? Lots. As a cradle Catholic, I have read and heard read many stories from the Old Testament hundreds of times over the course of my life. As I researched for this book, however, I read many of these familiar stories with fresh perspective. And I was surprised. There, in the sometimes odd, sometimes colorful stories of our age-old sisters in the Old Testament, there, in those ancient words, I found an eternal and tangible truth. Our God is a good God, a patient God, and he has an abundance of love for his people. God loves us. And God has a unique plan and a unique love, not only for all women, but for every woman in particular. That means you. That means me. He calls each of us to play a particular role in this life, one that he equips us for and loves us through, steadfast and faithful every step of the way. But only you can answer your calling. Now, you might be thinking you already know all this stuff. God loves us and calls us to holiness. Yeah, I know, blah, blah, blah. But do you really know it? Do you let yourself really know it? Can you take that simple phrase, God loves me, and let it travel from where you know it in your head all the way down to your heart? Can you know and accept God's love, really know it in your heart? That's what this book is all about. Some of the women we will meet in the pages ahead are very different from you and me. Some of their lives and circumstances might seem impossibly strange from our modern perspectives, but they are real, and their stories are real. Though some details might differ, their stories of struggle to know God's love, to trust, to hear his call, and to find love, healing, hope, and acceptance are the same stories we live out today. There's so much about our modern world and many of our personal circumstances that might leave us feeling alone, unloved, and powerless. I don't know the details of your struggles, but God does. I don't know the particular way God is calling you to know him, love him, and ultimately find peace and lasting joy in this life and the next by answering your unique call to holiness, 
but I do know that he's calling you. God is calling you to greatness. He made you for it. He is calling you just as he called Rahab, Abigail, Bathsheba, Tamar, Judith, Delilah, Hannah, Sarah, Miriam, Ruth, Rachel, Leah, Naomi, and the dozens of other women we are going to meet in the pages ahead. It is my hope and my prayer that you will join me in reading the stories of these women and begin to see and feel the eternal truth of God's love in a new way, in a way that will allow you to dig deep into these old stories of our sisters from long ago and begin to see a story of your own, a story of God's unique love for you and the unique calling he has made you for. You, with all your weaknesses and flaws, were made for this. You, in all of your struggles and pain, are enough. Do you believe that? Most of us don't completely understand or accept that, but that's why we are here. That's why we are meeting in these humble pages. We are here to learn the truth of God's infinite love and then relearn it. We are here so we can know God's love and accept it in our hearts. And then when we forget it, we are here to remind each other. We are here to repeat and affirm the truth of God's love for each of us as individuals and for all women as a gift to humanity as many times as we need to. We are here to do these things until the truth of God's love finally seeps through our thick skin and finds a home in our hearts and we keep it there. Are you ready? There are some fascinating stories I want you to hear. There are some beautiful, strong, trustworthy, hardworking, faith-filled, and inspiring women I want you to meet. And there is an eternal truth of God's infinite love I want you to find written inside these women's stories that matches an eternal truth written deep inside your own heart. God loves you. God calls you. He made you for greatness, and you are enough. What can that possibly mean? Let's find out. Let's explore the meaning of our own unique experiences and our eternal stories together. So that, friends, is the introduction to You Are Enough, What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth. And I hope that gives you a feel for what the book is like. I hope it piques your interest a little bit in learning some more about these stories of the Old Testament and what we can find out about God's unique love for you and the mission that he calls you to through their stories and applying those truths to our own lives. So anyway, like I said, the pre-order is available and that discount is available. Make sure that you pre-order through the link so that you don't miss out on that free companion journal, and then use discount code GIRLFRIENDS to get 10% off your order. So this week, I'm sharing with you a really inspiring conversation that I had with the awesome and amazing and energetic and prolific Sonia Corbett, who is also known as the Bible Study Evangelista. And I love her podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'll have it linked up in the show notes for you to check it out. All the information to find out more about Sonia and her work will be available in the show notes this week. So check that out. The show notes are available at ascensionpress.com. But Without any further ado, I want to introduce you to the amazing and awesome Sonia Corbett. Here we go. Hey, 
Hey, everybody. I'm thrilled you're joining us here today at Girlfriends because we have a special guest. Sonia Corbett is joining us. Sonia Corbett is the Bible study evangelista and creator of the Love the Word Bible Study Method and Mary Journal. She's a Catholic scripture teacher with a storyteller's gift, a Southern belle with a warrior's heart and a poet's pen, the author of Unleashed, Fearless, Ignite, and Fulfilled, her weekly radio show and other Bible study resources are created with you in mind. Bites of spinach that taste like cake to help you love and lift all that you've been given. You can find out more about all of her work and her newest projects at BibleStudyEvangelista.com. Welcome, Sonia. I'm so happy you're joining me here today on Girlfriends. I am thrilled you had me. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, so much in this bio that I need to ask about because... <laughs> First of all, evangelista, you're the first evangelista I think we've had on Girlfriend. So tell us where that comes from and what you mean by that. That just comes from the term evangelist, which is one who shares his or her faith uh, according to his or her view. And so because I am not a him, I added the A and I'm the evangelista. So I just um, I share the scriptures and I share um, what I've learned through them and how God has, has formed me and is forming me using the scriptures. And so, yeah, it's just a made up term, Yeah, (laughs) but I love it. And it's so perfect for who you are and what you do. You know, I've been following your podcast, especially, and, um, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your faith background, because I I picked up in a recent episode of your podcast that you're a convert. How did this nice Southern girl become a Catholic Bible study evangelista? Well, she started as a Baptist evangelista, <laughs> but <laughs> but I um I was Southern Baptist and I grew up in the Southern Baptist denomination and we experienced my husband and I we experienced two um very painful church splits and that happens a lot in denominationalism especially down here in the south. Mm-hmm. And they the first one was not quite so traumatic because I didn't, I didn't, I was very young and I didn't really know all that was going on. I didn't understand it. I didn't know our pastor very well. I didn't have a um, very close relationship with him and his wife. And so I was sort of uh, looking from the outside in at all that happened. And one of the things that came out of that was that the Lord just kept telling me to shut my mouth, you know, don't gossip, don't, don't talk about it. So I learned Mm -hmm there um, in that particular split, you know, to just stay quiet. But then five years later, a a new pastor, the same people, the same scenario, really. And I did know this pastor very well and his wife and his family and loved them very much. So it was it was devastating to us because we cared about them so much. And both my husband and I were in leadership. So we knew all the ins and outs and all that was being said and all that was being done. And they just did a hatchet job on two pastors who were very good people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, we pulled away from that. And I thought, you know, I, I know the Bible better than this. I know that God made better provision for, for his pastors and his people than this. So I just started looking, you know, there's, there's gotta be a better way. And at the same time, it was kind of a, I call it a perfect storm. At the same time, I was writing my own material, my own Bible studies, and I was doing some research in the early church fathers. And I also had a friend who came into the Catholic church and Mm -hmm. she continued to stay in our small group where uh, I was teaching. And so she would, she would challenge, you know, our 
the the teachings, the the Baptist teachings in a gentle way, you know. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that was actually part of what drew me because I was so militant and she was so gentle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But all of those things sort of happened at, at one time. And the more she answered me, the more angry I got at her answers and how stupid I thought they were. And so <laughs> they would send me, though, on this search. You know, mm-hmm. is this true? Is this real? And that's kind of, you know, that's how I got sucked in. You know, the very first domino for me to fall was the the Eucharist. Um, and once I saw the teachings on the Eucharist from church history's point of view and the Catholic point of view, I knew immediately that that's exactly what that meant in John six. And I thought, if we got that so wrong, what right. else have we gotten wrong? So that was the wow. beginning of the end for me. Wow. I, I love that. And I love that it's the Eucharist because that's the that's the draw for so many people that convert to Catholicism, especially from Protestantism of any kind. And then ultimately, uh, especially in recent weeks with um, church scandals about the clergy sexual abuse cases and whatnot, I find in my conversations with people, the Eucharist is why they're staying, you know, sure. because yes. so many of us are like, you know, getting asked questions like, why would you be a part of a church like that? Yeah, full of sinful people, right? But um, so many times that's what I'm hearing is it's the Eucharist is the draw. And then it's Christ's real presence. How can you possibly walk away from that? So beautiful. Yes. And actually, those two church splits taught me not to look at the people. Mm-hmm. You don't go to church for the people, right? You go to the you go to church for Christ, you know. And so I don't. I, I just try to tune all of that out and and stay in my little bubble that way. But mm-hmm. it's interesting because my prayer really before I was ever before Catholicism was even on my radar, my prayer was, Lord, there has got to be a way that we can be closer. There, right. Isn't there a way? Isn't there a way? You know, and I just longed for that. And then, you know, that was the answer. The Eucharist was the answer. It was amazing. So beautiful. Yeah. Oh, what a gift that we have. And now as you were talking about, you know, having these being a Bible study <laughs> evangelista in in your Baptist world, um, you know, it occurred to me that, you know, oftentimes we Catholics get a bad rap when it comes to knowing our Bible. And it's something for sure that I've experienced, you know, um, I grew up a cradle Catholic, amazing, large Catholic family. I was just blessed to have the upbringing I had and the gift of faith that my parents brought me up with. And um, I found that, you know, I always had this kind of insecurity about my own Bible knowledge. You know, I, I couldn't quote scripture and verse the way that some of my my Protestant friends could. But the more that I've studied the Bible myself and read it on my own and, you know, done things through, you know, learning through podcasts or different kinds of studies, the more I've come to realize, like, it's it's like the air that we breathe inside of it our is. church. It's like the mm-hmm. water. You don't see it. You don't know. Like, oh, that's scripture. Oh, that's scripture. Oh, that's scripture. That mm-hmm. it's it's really, truly part of our identity. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that experience coming in from a Protestant experience to that that Catholic church. Well, the the biggest surprise for me was, first of all, realizing that my daily quiet time, which is what we called it in the Baptist church, was not a Protestant invention. <laughs> you know, it was it was called Lectio Divina for many, many millennia before, you know, or, right. or a couple of millennia before we Baptists ever picked it up. So that was a big surprise. But also the the lectionary of the church and the schedule of readings of the church was also a big surprise, a, a very pleasant one, because we we didn't have that kind of schedule 
And even if we had, you know, each denomination would have been different and each church would have been different. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't a set schedule for anyone. And to come into the Catholic Church and have that schedule and to realize that the Holy Spirit is speaking to the whole church all over the world Mm -hmm. with the same word on a daily basis. And I'm hearing that word and you're hearing that word, but God will use that word and apply it to my life differently than he will you. Mm -hmm. And that was amazing to me. I just thought, golly, Lord, you're so smart, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and to put us all, we know Catholics know that we're in the flow of what the Holy Spirit is doing in the church because we have that schedule of readings and we're all hearing from him on a daily basis through that word. That's amazing to me. I love that. Right. And I love that you're talking about the daily reading. So um, are, are you a, a divine office person? I am. But I actually I'm in formation as a third order Carmelite. So I do that as part of my discipline. But I I my duties and station in life don't allow me to do them on the fixed hours like you're supposed to. Right. So I just do them all at once. So <laughs> I cram it all in in the morning. I start with a rosary to get, you know, focused and recollected. And then and then I do my readings. And that's really why I uh, I created that love the word method because the the Latin terms of Lectio Divina are sometimes confusing or hard to kind of hold in your memory as mm-hmm. you're trying to learn. So I just tried to make it much more simple. Yeah. So can you describe that method a little bit just so people sure. can have an idea of what it is? So it's an acronym, LOVE, L-O-V-E, and it's the four steps of Lectio Divina, the the traditional steps, but uh, with the acronym rather than the Latin. So we listen, we observe, we verbalize, and we entrust. And then um, we, what I did was follow Mary through the Annunciation when what I realized is that she had that practice. She listened to the, the Word of God through the angel. She observed her circumstances and she was able to interpret and ponder with the Holy Spirit um, what the word that she heard from the angel. Mm -hmm. And then she verbalized it back to God through the Magnificat. And then she entrusted, may it be done to me according to your word. So that's how I got the, the, I got the method really by watching her through the Annunciation. Wow. Okay. And that reminds me of your upcoming project that you're working on with Ascension that's going to be available soon. How to Pray Like Mary. Can you, can you talk a little bit about what that project is and let us know when it's going to be available? It is a step-by-step, uh, we're, we break open each of the steps of the Love the Word method. And actually, uh, there's there are two ways to actually do the the verbalize step, the V step. So you can verbalize or visualize. And some people are drawn to one over the other, uh, but we can all do each. And so that project, How to Pray Like Mary, is a a step-by-step look at the method by watching her and how she did it through the Annunciation. Mm-hmm. So we go, uh, we do an overview of what Lectio Divina is and we look at how Mary herself practiced um, listening to the word of God and, and how familiar she was with scripture, actually. And then we move into the steps. So we watch her. She teaches us. She taught me. She she I had a really difficult time with her because of my background uh, in the Baptist church. And so mm-hmm. this method was born out of my frustration with just needing to know what she was about. And I finally just went to her and said, look, I don't get you. I don't get any of this where you're concerned, you know, but, but I'm 
fine with learning if, if you'd like to teach me. <laughs> and so she kind of took me by the hand and I became very close to her uh, through watching and and seeing how familiar she was with the, the scriptures. And so that kind of was a bond that we seemed to have together. And yeah. so anyway, that project was born out of my relationship to her. And she gave she kind of gave that to me, the um, the the acronym. So anyway, it's a it's a neat story. So all of that is in that project, all of the, the whole story in the background and how it came to be and and how she practiced it and how she and how really that was the key to her her uh, spiritual influence and, and power ultimately. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it really is for us too. that relationship to the Holy Spirit through the scriptures that she leads us in is the key to a really vibrant spiritual life. And especially if we're in ministry, it is the sap that gives us um, that that attraction that we long for for other people so that we can we can do our ministry. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, excellent. I, I love that. I'm really looking forward to that program. So is it going to be available in November? It's supposed to be out in November. Yes. Uh, we'll see. Um, it, it, I'm still working on the, the edits. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's supposed to be out I in know November. that drill. I'm very excited about it, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So we'll be looking for that. And we'll definitely be sharing that with listeners in, in the coming months as it becomes available. Um but you mentioned a little bit about your daily prayer life and people I think must be wondering about that because you know what, Sonia, there are people who are listening, I'm sure, because I know my girlfriends who maybe have zero prayer life or feel like they have no time for it. You know, what, what does yours look like? But then outside of that, because I know it's not a prescription for everybody, what, what would you advise to somebody who's just getting started, just getting their, their feet wet? What kind of encouragement might you offer to a, a, a mom who's in a situation like that? Well, I'd actually like to start with that because that's exactly why I created the Love of the Word method. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we do, we approach scripture the same way we do a diet or, you know, trying to change a bad habit or whatever. We try to bite the whole thing off at one time. Yeah. And then we fail and then we quit. Mm-hmm. And instead, what Love the Word does is, I, I tell people all the time, you don't have to do the whole office. Some people, when you have small children, there's no way you're going to be able to get in an hour of prayer if you're just starting out. There's no way. Sure. You can't even sit there that long because they're dragging you away for breakfast <laughs> and throwing grapes at each other or whatever, you know. Sure. So we just start with the gospel. We start with the gospel reading, but we commit to doing it for 40 days. 40 days in the Bible is the number of gestation. So it takes that amount of time to begin and solidify and grow and give birth to that habit. Mm-hmm. So we start just with the gospel. That takes five minutes and every single person has five minutes. Right. And so I also created the Mary journal so that you can get your fleeting thoughts on paper because what will happen is you will, as you begin and you start to discern, you, you think you hear something from the Holy spirit. I I, I think that might be him, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure. So you write it down and in a week, you can go back and look and you can see that, yes, he actually was speaking and I did hear him. You know, I didn't right. think I did. But starting small like that, eventually you will grow to love it because it will be it will become the thing that makes you sane on a daily basis. Yeah. And God has he used 
he uses, he still uses the scriptures to, to um, form me and to root out my woundedness and teach me about toxic relationships and help me with self-medicating habits and all of that. He Mm -hmm. uses the scriptures to do that. And so we, if, if we're in those on a daily basis, he will begin to talk to us about those things. And once he begins to do that, and we develop that relationship with him, we cannot do without it. And it grows, it grows on its own. So it's not something we have to discipline ourselves necessarily to grow. He will grow it automatically if we will remain disciplined Mm -hmm. and attentive and, and quiet to hear him the way Mary did. Oh, that's beautiful. And so true, because I know I've experienced that in my own life where I've had periods of time, especially when my kids were all real little and, you know, where I might have been going through a bad time. And my my spiritual life was pretty much almost non-existent, except for maybe a morning offering and a quick thought toward God at the end of the day. But when I have made that consistent effort, even just like you said, starting with five minutes, that it grows into something that you find yourself craving, that that you find yourself, I need that, that quiet time where I'm, I'm, you know, communing with the Lord. And um, I remember at one point just being so surprised by myself where it used to feel like, oh, chore, I have to go and make myself do this now where I, I almost felt guilty, like I'm stealing a way to go do this pleasant thing for myself, you know, like go absolutely and, and spend time with God. So um, anybody who's listening, let that be an encouragement to you that I'm not a unique creature in that <laughs> that happened nope. for me and that it's happened for Sonia and others like us, that it can happen for you too, where it's built in, right? Totally. And another thing, too, that I think helps Catholics is, you know, the the catechism tells us that the one table is the Eucharist and the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So we're being nourished. We're nourished on a daily basis through the word of God that is given to us in those mass readings. And so the mass readings are important. And and if we can't do them all, then, you know, just do the gospel and let it grow from there. But for 40 days, 40 days, every day, disciplined five minutes and just see what happens. It'll knock your socks off. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. So very doable. And, you know, while you were talking about nourishment, I was thinking of your little tagline there, bites of spinach taste like cake. What exactly yeah. do you mean by that? <laughs> well, I I offer the heavy stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the exposition and the research and all that. But I, I try to make it, I try to, to offer it in a way that is fun. Um, I mean, you'll laugh, you'll cry, but also that's very applicable. I don't, it's it does us no good to read the scriptures and not know how to apply them to our daily lives. So so I do the heavy lifting and I do the research and I do the exposition and I, I do all that. And then mm-hmm. I offer it back in a way that I hope is is easy to digest. Right. Oh, yeah. And and now, Sonia, we talked a little bit before we went on the air here about homeschooling and about our family situation. So I, I know that you are a homeschooler. Um, maybe you could speak a little bit about your perspective as a homeschooler, but also just as a mom and how you present the scriptures to your own kids inside of your family life? That is an excellent question (laughs) because (laughs) love the word is so simple. My kids are doing it. Really? I started to teach. Yes, I use it and and we can do that. We can offer it to our CCD classes that we teach or I, I mean, I teach it all the time. I'm telling people all the time because I know it will change their lives. It, it causes your relationship to God to just come alive in a way that is unexpected and so, so precious. Mm-hmm. And 
when you begin that habit with a, a child and you teach them that method, it, it's just so simple. Love is something everybody can remember. And nobody loves the word like Mary loves the word. Mm-hmm. The word is her son. And right. so she, she, she taught that love to him. You know, of course he was the word. He is the word, <laughs> but we can do that. It's that simple. So I have given a, a Magnificat magazine to my son and a Mary journal. And he does that every day. Uh, first thing in his in his homeschool work. Oh, and I love I, that. I'm trying very hard to instill that habit in him. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to be a homeschooler to do that. No, they don't. Totally no. Um, but you know, it's you don't want it to feel like homework or or work, right? And in the beginning, it is for all of us. You know, there's a sense in which we have to discipline ourselves, but sure. eventually, you know, it becomes like breathing. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And what a gift to give your kids. Um, I, I know from my own experience growing up that um, you, we didn't have the Love the Word program, but we did. I mean, my parents did present our our um, like kind of CCD classes, which they, they homeschooled us for that, but not for anything else. It was like, we're going to teach you your catechism um, as not so much homework, but like a time for us to truly connect and yeah. um, grow in our relationship with God. So I think that's a wonderful gift to give your children. I hope so. I, I know that, um, I, like I said, I know that I would be insane without it. So I right. really, and it's important too to have, to kind of hide the, the Bible says to hide the word in our hearts. And so it's important to expose our kids. And as you said, you know, the church does that naturally. And, and sometimes we don't realize we're getting it by osmosis, but right. it's always good to help them memorize it too, and to hide it in their hearts so that when those moments come up, the Holy Spirit will bring that, that scripture back and, and help us remember it in those moments that we really need it. And so uh, it's just really important. It's so important. It's part of the one table. We, you know, we got to have it. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that you mentioned memorization because that's something that with my own kids, I've really appreciated the, the tremendous power of just giving them a little passage, whether it's like anticipating a particular feast day or just picking out a psalm that might be meaningful to them, that um, having that in, in you is so important. But the other thing that I've found, Sonia, is that when we go to memorize scripture together, that kind of as a natural process of kind of practicing it and reciting it and going over it and checking kids is we're just speaking the words of God like all day long in our houses. And that's such a beautiful gift. I think it's also very powerful, very, very powerful. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two edged sword. And so when we're speaking it out into our homes and and with our kids and we're laughing, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's it's funny to try to memorize. Sure. uh, With them. So, yeah, it's it's a gift. It's a, a real gift. Yeah. So anyone listening, if you're not knowing where to begin with your kids, start there, pick a small, easy passage and learn it together. And, you know, I have found too, that especially before Christmas or Easter, if there's going to be a big mass that I know my kids are going to be really paying attention to, I'll, you know, I'll give them part of one of the readings to memorize. And it's so fun to watch their eyes light up at mass when that reading comes and they're like, Hey, I know this, like this, yep. this is my line. You know? It's familiar. <laughs> yeah. So great gift to give your kids and pretty simple way to do it. Um, but I, I want to talk a little bit about um, what you've been talking about on your podcast recently, Sonia, which is suffering such an important topic. Everybody mm. suffers. Not everybody knows the meaning of it. Um, and, you know, just the other day I, I had a, a long drive and I was listening to you talking about the book of Job and, um, that that mystery of suffering, and I think you have a, a new study that's that's coming up that people can sign up for um, pretty soon here. 
Well, yes, they can get the uh, the Job series. Mm-hmm. All of my shows in the show notes, I put together a love the word exercise. And there's a free journal page and a guide page uh, in the margins on the right so that people can journal. But with the audio then, so the series is on Job and you can sign up uh, on my website, BibleStudyEvangelista.com, and it comes directly to your inbox on Monday morning. And so we are, we're doing the book of Job and I'm doing it thematically rather than expositionally. And exposition is just where you, you go verse by verse or book or uh, chapter by chapter and you break it open that way. But that's, that's done a lot in the Catholic church and it's not so familiar to us to approach a subject or a topic thematically. So we are looking mm-hmm. at Job then uh, in that way. So we, in the beginning, the very first show was on the genre of wisdom literature in the Bible. And then we, then we looked at Job's, the attack on Job um, mm-hmm. from the enemy and how, um, how the theology of suffering developed through the people of God from the Old Testament to the New. So anyway, yes, um, you can sign up for that series there, and we're, it, it includes audio, occasional video, although I, I have been a little derelict in, in doing that as much just because I've not had the time. But right. but then also the uh, the love the word exercise, and that that is also broken down into personality and temperament because each of us will approach the scriptures and our practice of prayer differently according to our temperaments. So right. uh, that's their two fiat, um, the Franciscans, the Ignatians, the Augustans, uh, and the Thomistic temperaments. So audio and written um, resources there. And it is on the mystery of suffering and poor Job, you know, <laughs> it's interesting, though, it's really interesting, because the, the author of Job was an Israelite who who was writing during the time of the Babylonian exile. And so it was a na- a national and a religious, uh, like an emergency. And it was, it's interesting that we would be uh, looking at Job in this particular time in our, in our own church and the mm-hmm. scandals that have erupted and well, not that they've erupted, but just that we're finally, they're coming to light. Right. right. And so, like you said, you know, people's, our faith has been shaken and rocked. And why are the, the good suffering with those who have done the evil? Mm-hmm. And Job really addresses that. The, the author of Job is attempting to address that very same issue with the book of Job. So it's been a really neat study. Wow. Okay. So definitely a timely study. So people can check that out at BibleStudyEvangelista.com. But if they go back through your archive, Sonia, can they um, find a different theme that they might be looking for right now and they can participate in that, you know, on their own, the, the audio and the, the Absolutely. files are all there? Yep. They're, they're all there. Um, I did healing the father wound because that's really the swan song of my entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I did healing the father wound. Uh, I, I did a series on the end times and prophecies on the end times. Uh, we've done, um, we did on, an Old Testament survey. So we talked about uh, both my books, Ignite and Fulfilled on that. And uh, how to share your faith with a, a non-Catholic or even a fallen away Catholic using the Bible in a very concise way. Yeah. And so we did an overview of the Old Testament. We've done a series on mercy, just a whole lot of stuff there. 
And uh, yeah, it's all av- all available and also uh, love the word too. So there's a whole bunch of shows on that and tutorials and, and other things. So much there, so much there. So everybody, I'm going to have this linked up in the show notes so you can check it out, BibleStudyEvangelista.com and be looking for the new study, How to Pray Like Mary, coming out from Ascension in just a couple of months. Sonia Corbett, I want to thank you for spending this time with me here on Girlfriends. And I love that your tagline is love and lift all that you've been given because I feel like that's exactly what you do for all of us. You're loving and lifting all that you've been given in a way that blesses all of us inside of your community, inside the church at large. So thank you for your ministry. Thank you for all that you do. Well, that's my prayer. Thank you for having me, Danielle. God bless. Uh Uh-huh, you too. So I hope you enjoyed getting to know Sonia Corbett a little bit. If you weren't already familiar with her work, you're going to want to check it out at BibleStudyEvangelista.com. She's also a speaker. I don't think we mentioned that in the interview. Um, You can have her out to your parish to speak, and she is amazing and dynamic, so you're going to want to do that if you possibly can. So again, her website is biblestudyevangelista.com. So I really want to thank Sonia for taking the time to talk with us here. And now um, before we have to close up for the week, I do want to share a little bit of feedback with you because I am still getting a ton of feedback for our recent episode on uh, your husband's spiritual leadership. So that really hit a nerve with people. And um, I'm hearing from people uh, from all different walks of life and from all different perspectives. But um, this one in particular, I wanted to share because Julie sent in a voicemail to share what's going on in her life and how she responded to that episode. Hi, Danielle. My name is Julie, and I was listening to your podcast today about um, supporting our husbands in being spiritual leaders. And a couple of things really spoke to me, and so I wanted to reach out to you. Um, The first is that I... Um, and my husband does not share my Catholic faith, and it is a source of great um, pain and difficulty for me. Um, I don't think it bothers him, <laughs> but I don't think he knows all the things that I struggle with related to that. Um, and I keep a lot of them to myself. And in your podcast, you had um, just briefly touched on situations like this and that it is a unique cross, and I would definitely agree it is such a challenge, um, and you had offered to that if somebody wanted to reach out to you with that issue, that you would be happy to pray for them. And so that's what I'd like to do is um, just ask you for your prayers for our situation, for my husband, Jason, um, that he just opens up to the idea of faith in general and to uh, a personal God and to Jesus as his personal savior and to the Catholic faith in general and, and just prayers for me and my children as I, um, I do feel a huge weight and pressure for, um, for raising our kids in the faith and for really being responsible for that. And which brings me to another point. I want to thank you towards the end of your podcast that day, you had basically, said that, um, you know, the information going around about how men are kind of pivotal to, um, faith formation for our children. And, um, I have heard that in so many different places and, um, you know, have definitely felt discouraged and have had that feeling where, um, I just feel, 
you know, based on what I'm hearing, that I'm kind of doomed and my kids are doomed and that we have a very small chance of um, ending up with children who love their Catholic faith if my husband is not involved in it. And so the words that you spoke at the end just meant so much to me, and I really appreciate it when you just said that, you know, um, the it is not our work to get our kids, um, to keep them in the faith that um, that's the job of the Holy Spirit and that we are, as wives and mothers, that we are called to follow the Holy Spirit and that we can just let that pressure off of our shoulders. And I feel such um, a great relief hearing those words, and I really appreciate you um, just just letting us know that and um, speaking those words and, and letting it be known. So I appreciate that, and like I said, if you would be willing to add me and my husband and family to your prayer list along those lines, my hope is that one day my husband not only comes to know and love Jesus, but that he also comes to desire um, to take part in the Catholic faith. I'm so fortunate that he actually does go to church with us each Sunday. Um, we've talked about that and and how I need that from him in order to um, get our kids there. And so he's done that. He's made an effort, and he's a very wonderful and respectful man, and he's made an effort to do that for me. And so we go every Sunday, and he goes with us. But um, there's so much more beyond that, that I wish I had from him, um, along those lines. And so your prayers would be so appreciated. Thank you so much for what you do. And I always look forward to hearing your podcast. Thank you. And God bless. Thank you so much for that voicemail, Julie. And, um, thank you for your comments on that and for sharing what your perspective is. And, for sure, I'm going to be keeping you and your husband and your family in prayer in the coming weeks. I'm thinking about you, praying for you in a special way, because like I shared in that episode, my heart goes out to you because I know it's a special burden um, that not everybody has when you are married to someone who doesn't share your faith. Um, and I, I heard from so many women in that same circumstance who are really struggling, whether it's their husband has no faith at all, their husband is um, you know, a Christian but not a Catholic, or I've even heard from some women who are Catholic, but their husband just is not in the same place they are in their own faith. So that can really be a source of conflict and a source of pain and struggle. And um, a lot of women feel really kind of lonely in that struggle. So I like your suggestion, Julie, that we take that on as a topic here on Girlfriends. Um, I don't know that I can offer, you know, like a typical podcast, six ways to whatever on that topic, because I don't have that experience, you know, not that Dan and I are always perfectly in sync with regard to our faith, but we do share our Catholic faith. But I'm thinking maybe it would be helpful to have somebody on interview somebody who's in that circumstance. And maybe we could share a little bit from that perspective. And that person could share, um, you know, how they handle it and what's helpful, what's not all of that, that I know women are seeking that kind of encouragement and support. And some of them, I think, are really just looking for the encouragement that they're not alone in it. Um, so many women that uh, reached out to me, especially after after that episode, we're saying, thank you for speaking to our situation because I feel like nobody sees me in it. I feel like, um, you know, kind of almost just lonely in, in my faith. And, and some of these women are bringing kids to mass by themselves and they're, you know, dealing with that and feeling like they're really um, taking on their kids' faith formation all by themselves, which is 
it is a burden and it is a difficult thing. So I think it's an important topic to talk about. Um, so, you know, a mixed marriage in that way with regard to your faith life. So I'm going to be on the lookout for somebody that I might have on as a guest for that, because that for sure is a topic I hear about time and time again. So again, thank you, Julie, and we'll be keeping you in prayer. Uh, I want to invite all the listeners here to please pray for Julie to encourage and support her, ask God to give her grace and strength for the what he's calling her to in her marriage and in her family life and in raising her kids in the faith. And everyone, please know that I'm praying for you too. I always pray for the listeners of the Girlfriends podcast and I you hold a special place in my heart. People who listen here, I know are part of a family, part of a community. I care very much about you and what's going on in your life. And I just wanted to make one mention of our Facebook group. If you're not already one of our group members there on the Girlfriends podcast group on Facebook, please join us. It's a wonderful way for us to connect outside of the podcast or talk about some of the topics on the podcast. It's a great way for you to be heard and offer some of your suggestions or feedback on the podcast. So if you're on Facebook and you're listening to this podcast, you belong in this group. So um, Check it out at facebook.com slash groups slash girlfriends podcast. You have to request to join, but I'm adding new members every day. So I'd love for your name to be among those that I'm adding there. And in the meantime, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for being a part of today's show, for being a part of all that we do here at Girlfriends. Your presence here is truly meaningful to me. It truly is a gift to me. It encourages me in all that I do. So thank you for that. And until next time. I hope you enjoy your day, and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.